Hello. Hello. Yes, it's quite small, actually. <laughs> Where's my face? My as long as you can hear and I can hear you, that's. There we that's go. Awesome. We're okay. I just ducked yes. down. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, well, I'm excited for the live. Me too. Um, me too. How are you? Uh, yes, I'm really happy. Uh, thank you so much for you know saying yes uh, to have a live with us at Roots. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Before we start, I just wanted to know if you could uh, if you could introduce yourself uh, to the people that are watching us. Okay, so hi everyone. I am Halima Speaks. I'm a mental health advocate. I am mental health support coach and I facilitate recovery for people that are going through mental health problems um, and for people that are overcoming uh, suicide attempts uh, as well. So that's uh, my, all my work is centered around mental health and uh, approaching things in the holistic way. So I'm excited for this because a lot of what I talk about is always mental health. I've not really yes. um, had any conversations where we bring in culture and things like that. Yes, yes. I'm excited. I'm looking forward yes, to Me too. I'm excited. And we know that sometimes culture is linked to mental health because, you know, in some cultures, it's not really accepted. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to talk about this with you. Uh, hello everyone, uh, you know already I'm the producer at Roots Journal and today we're going to have a live with Halima here that just presented herself. Um, Halima, I'm going to ask you a few questions during the live. Uh, <laughs> if any of them is making you uncomfortable, you don't have to reply, obviously. I'm very open, so I don't <laughs> see that happening. It'll <laughs> <laughs> um, <should> be fine. <laughs> don't worry. Um, so the first section is going to be about home. Mm -hmm. uh, can you define home to us? To me, I define home as peace. Peace, freedom, and comfort. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you think, so do you find this peace in someone or do you think it's more about a location? I think it can vary. Me personally, I believe that obviously like your happiness and your peace, it comes from within you. It's something that you create yourself. But obviously your environment does play a big factor in how you feel on the inside as well. So for me, I there aren't many places that I associate with home uh, apart from my grandparents' house. Because to me, out of all the places in the world that I've ever been in, there's nowhere that represents or that makes me feel at peace and okay. encourages that peaceful emotion as much as like being at my grandparents. However, uh, I find that I can be in a number of different environments outside that and still be at peace because of what I've done on the inside and the work that I've done on the inside for myself at the same time. So I feel like your environment, but then also your work, your self-work plays a big part in it and they, they go side by side. Okay, that, that's an interesting. So it's more, it's more about your feelings and your emotions rather than where you are or with who you yeah. are? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's so interesting because every <laughs> week when I have another live, I hear different answers and I just find it incredible, obviously, because we, there's it's no nice right to hear different perspectives, isn't it? Like exactly. everybody views something differently. So it's nice I to share exactly. Yes, it's nice to hear all these answers and you know, understanding how people that don't even know each other have the same concept of home, for example. Mm -hmm. it's, I love it. Um, 
So, um, obviously, we talked about the location, so there is no specific home um, in terms of geographic. Uh, but have you always felt at home at your grandparents' home then? Yeah, always. Okay. I mean, for my, like, personally, like, for those that know my story, know that I've had, like, I come from generally a very, um, like, a struggling uh, background. Okay. Uh, but the one thing that I've said to everybody, the one thing that I always had that I can always show gratitude for was my grandparents. My grandparents were always a light, like, in my life. They were always a peace and a sanctuary and somewhere that I could go. And I know that I'm always going to be okay. And for me, like, that's why their home represents that. Because when I go there, it's like I'm there and I don't ever feel like I want to leave. Like, when it's time to go, I don't want to get up and go, you know? Like, even yes. if I'm going somewhere that I want to go to or somewhere that I'm, I know I'm going to enjoy myself, there's still that feeling of, oh, I, just, I don't really want to go. Like, I'm, <laughs> I like, I'm yeah. you. Like, I just lie on the sofa, like just being around them in their presence and even being in their home, even when they're not there because of, because of the fact it's their home and it has their energy and I associate it with them. That's what makes it feel like home. That's what gives me that feeling of peace and contentment. Okay. Um, thank you for your answers. And um, we're going to move on into another section, which is about culture. Mm -hmm. um, can you define your culture and can you give examples of your culture as well if you have any obviously so I feel like it's hard to define culture as one thing <laughs> there's so many different aspects of it um, for me personally there's a lot of things about culture that I disapprove of um, okay. but at the same time there are things that I do like so things like food things like yeah. uh, music things certain like some clothing sometimes like there's a there's a few things that about different cultures and about my own culture that I really appreciate and I really like um but at the same time there are a lot of things about culture that I do disapprove of in terms of like mentalities and traditions and things like that and that's why I feel personally I'm not a very cultural like one dimensional cultural okay. person I feel like I take things yes. from different cultures that I resonate with and then I identify myself like that. Yes, so you don't, you don't feel that you have just one culture in you. You feel like this intersectionality. Yeah, okay, that's, yeah. That's really nice. That's really nice. And I think it's quite important. Well, it's getting more and more common that people have, you know, several cultures or, you know, several uh, things that they don't like about certain cultures so they want to adopt new ones it's not yeah. always but I think sometimes it kind of helps you to move forward you know and realize that there are things you don't like things that you like um but yes I think that's a really important point that we it's fine to have different cultures and different um traditions as well obviously mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, it's yeah it's really important uh so the second question is in your opinion, is your culture separate from your home? Or do you think they're linked? It's interesting. I don't feel like um, my culture is linked to my home because my, like, my family are not like the most cultural people. Like they're generally like modern, which is why I, like growing up, I didn't have much culture in me because it wasn't really instilled in me. And um, we have like cultural aspects, you know, like, 
some of my family are, are like more traditional and oh, they okay. a lot of cultural traditions and whatnot but I don't feel like my culture is something that I associate with my home just because it's not really a big part of me you know yes if that makes yes. sense <laughs> so even if for example you don't feel no, it does it does because as you said earlier your home is more about inside you and I guess in that sense mm -hmm. for example if there is something that bothers you in your culture you still feel that your home is stable so I get that that's why you don't really associate yeah. them okay that that does make yeah. sense it yeah. really does um that's so <laughs> I know that you have uh, several cultures so do you sometimes navigate cultural differences um because I was brought up in England I find myself obviously associating a lot with the English culture like obviously I know there's this whole misconception where people get that like religion and culture mixed up together yes so I separate the two like to me they're polar polar opposite to me religion takes priority over culture every single time so um when it comes to like anything cultural I always have a look and before I believe in something before I it do implement something into my life I think religiously does it make sense for me to do that and most of the time the answer is no you know um my grandmother yes. is is Kenyan so and like my family is predominantly Pakistani so for me it's like I want to learn more about that culture and see certain things that resonate with me but at the same time I have friends from so many different cultures and there's certain things that I learn about their cultures that I absolutely love um, and there's things that I don't like so the things that I do like I take interest in it um, and then I bring that into my life because I feel like we shouldn't just stick to our own cultures because that's what keeps us close-minded as well like when we explore like other people's cultures and we uh, accept and we um, bring them into our own lives it's what makes us more open-minded it's what like like gets rid of the divide between different cultures and it just solves so many problems um, that are pretty common around the world at the moment yes and I think it's the be like the best way to learn about the world and about other other people's culture is to actually talk to them. So I've never learned as much as when I arrived in England in 2016 uh, because I'm from Morocco. Yeah. And obviously Morocco is really mixed. So mm -hmm. in terms of ethnicities, but also in terms of, you know, religions. Yeah. Uh, in Morocco, it's very common to be Jewish and Arab or to be, you know, Muslim and Arab. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like it's, it's fine. Uh, mm -hmm. I know it's not the case in other countries. Definitely, of course, it's very like common. Um, and I think because of that, you know, I, I always used to travel a lot. But when I arrived in England and I actually lived with people that had so many different backgrounds, I realized how I learned so much with them. And I, I was thinking, I traveled so much, but I never you know, had the opportunity to actually ask all those, you know, cultural questions mm -hmm. to, you know, local people or, you know, young people. Yeah. It's not the same when you ask people when you travel, when you ask students, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's incredible. And I realized how the only way you can actually learn about other cultures and traditions as well is to ask directly. Um, yeah. Obviously, there are ways to ask, I guess, but... Yeah, I think but you know what? Way. It's like if you're not, if you don't know something, the only yes. way to find out is to ask anyway, right? And at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with asking because it will yes. give you a better understanding. It removes like um, questions and it gives you clarity. 
and I don't feel like asking is rude sometimes you know people ask certain questions and it might sound a little bit um different because obviously different cultures people speak differently but I feel like we need to remove that part and just understand that people just want to learn more and we should be grateful for the people that do want to learn more because those are the people that effectively will make a difference when it comes to like the divide between cultures exactly and maybe as you said the well people that think it's rude they might think it's because you know oh i've never got asked this question before it's a bit weird mm -hmm. you know and they don't feel comfortable about it but i think if we normalize this conversation about cultures and you know traditions and religions i feel like everyone would be aware and no one will ever feel uncomfortable about who they are um, yeah, of course, yeah. I know, yeah i know so many people in england france um and other european countries who have, um, you know, moved from Africa or other places in the world and have moved to Europe and they never talk about their backgrounds because they don't feel really comfortable about it. Uh, even some of yeah. my friends who are Moroccan too, and they tell me, oh, I don't want to say that I'm from Morocco. And I told them, why? Are you shy about it? Or, you know, and they just told me, no, it's just, I don't know, it's weird. Like, I don't want them to think that I'm in a box, you know? They, they think yeah. that people yeah. associate them to certain people. But not it's everyone sad that people, you know, have that viewpoint. But the only way that you're ever going to remove, if there are stigmas against your culture, the only way that you're going to remove that is by educating people. Because that's the thing. It's like people have beliefs because it's all that they're aware of. But when you educate people and you show them something new, then that's how you bring that awareness to light. They learn more, and then those stigmas get get dropped. I've had that. Um, in my own life, you know, where I've had a certain, like I've grown up around certain things and seen certain cultures in certain ways. So I've, yes. I've believed a certain thing about another culture. But then okay. when I've progressed and I've, you know, moved on in life and then I've, I've met other people um, who have shown me a different side to the culture, then I thought, oh, like what I thought wrong. And it's opened my mind and it's made me a, a better person because exactly. I now no longer have this stereotype about this culture. Yes, and I think cultures, I mean, cultures, stereotypes and cliches are very, very common. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. The only way to, you know, stop these cliches and people thinking a certain way about our cultures is to actually, you know, kind of cross these boundaries. Um, yeah. I guess it's going to be hard and probably take time. Mm -hmm. But I think you do it too on your page and you do it when you have conferences i guess you talk about taboo subjects yeah. sometimes yeah. we have to do it you know we have to talk about it if we don't talk exactly. about it then nothing's going to change it's like within my own culture as well because a lot of pakistani people are very close-minded um, I've been that person that's literally come into my community and I've literally made people feel uncomfortable with the things that I talk about and the things that I share because people aren't used to it. And in time, what that's done is, yeah, people felt uncomfortable at the beginning, but then it's lifted certain beliefs, um, like in my own family, to the point where now people are more comfortable and they're more open-minded because I took the step to educate them when they weren't educated, you know? And if we do that for other cultures as well, and then you break these stigmas, you bring people closer together. And then you obviously, like I said, you, you bring that divide in and it no longer exists. Exactly. And you see, it's very interesting because you said you started with your family. And I think you should always educate people around you first. And yeah. then you can, you know, make your circle bigger. But I think 
the most important thing is to actually talk to your parents, your grandparents, your children, uh, your best friends, etc. And that's how it's going to change. You cannot, from the beginning, except if you're, I don't know, president or something, go, yes, I'm going to change this country. No, start from the small scale and start talking Always to start people. start from home. Everything exactly. starts from home. Everything starts from, home, from yes. you and your family and your friends. And once you start there, then you can, you know, outreach further. Like, everything yes. starts from home. That's your environment, you know? It is, yes. And as you said, it's, yeah, it starts from yourself. So uh, it's, it's just incredible. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I just wanted to talk to you about the whole, you know, uh, stereotypes um, around uh, mental health and mental health awareness in the MENA region. So Middle Eastern and North African countries. Yeah. Um, because obviously you said you have a Pakistani background and I have a Moroccan background. So our cultures are quite similar, even though we are far away geographically. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think it's going to change? Do you think people are still close-minded about mental health in these countries? Yes, I believe that there is a lot of work that needs to be done. But at the same time, I feel like in, this, in where we are right now as a society, yeah. the communities, we're further than we've ever been. People are starting to talk about things, but there's nowhere near enough like awareness being made. There's nowhere near enough work being done at the moment. Um, I have hope in everything. So I have the hope that one day things will be different. People will be more open-minded. These taboos and these cultural stigmas will be gone. But obviously it will only happen if we continue to do the work that we do and we inspire other people to talk because one person can't change everything, but one person can influence another person who influences another person. And then collectively together, you can make a difference, you know? So yes. I feel like, Yes, it's possible, but it will take a lot of work and it will take some time to happen, but it's not impossible. I think so too. And do you, do you know where these um, stereotypes that we have uh, in these cultures come from? Because I know that, for example, in Morocco, but not just in Morocco, I'm just talking about Morocco because I'm from there. Yeah. Uh, you know, when someone has, for example, anxiety or... I'm just giving uh, an example of... Uh, mental health uh, issue. Uh, for example, when someone has anxiety, everyone says, oh, you're exaggerating, it doesn't exist. Or, oh, you, you know, you should just go for a swim. It's not a big deal. Or people start laughing and they say, oh, you're crazy, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you ever thought about that. And if yes, do you know what's the source of it? Because I, I always think about it and I'm just wondering, what did we do wrong in education for us to start thinking all these stupid things. <laughs> it's... I like talking about this. <laughs> Do you know yes. what it is? It's like the way that like my own experience is, is that I've also like had to deal with these really twisted cultural beliefs. So like when I had depression, when I had really bad anxiety, um, especially in like um, the Asian communities, they throw things yes. around like you know, you're possessed by a djinn or somebody's done black magic on you and like they, they they think of all these extreme cases before they actually can sit down and take the rational um op opinion and go maybe she's just not well maybe there's just something wrong like you know we break our legs 
and that's a physical injury. If there's something wrong here, it's a mental injury. It's an injury. It's just a different type of injury. And it still needs to be treated as if you're unwell because that's that's what the fact is. Like, you're just not well. There's nothing crazy going on. You're unwell. Your brain is not functioning how it's supposed to function. And you need to get the professional support and the professional help to, to fix that problem. That's it. But because of the lack of awareness and the lack of education that is in our cultures. That's why they have these beliefs because they just don't know any better. You know, it's a generational thing. It's like my grandparents, 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 for example, had this belief that they passed down to the generations. And unless somebody comes in and actually says, no, I'm going to change these generational beliefs, it's going to continue and it's just going to carry on and carry on and carry on the generations after us so that's why like personally i took it upon myself to be that person that breaks these beliefs because i don't want when i have children i don't want them to have all of these toxic beliefs i don't want them to pass that on to their kids and to their kids because i know different i know better and it would be wrong of me to know better and then just to keep it to myself you know you have to if you know yes. better you have to tell you have to show people you have to educate people that's the only way that we're going to change the, the world in our communities is by actually saying yes. that no it's not like this this is how it is this is how it is yes and as you said we have to spread the word and then it's going to change one day probably not now but it will change and i feel like already it has changed so quickly in the western world and mm -hmm. i hope that we will follow too because it's so common in england and in you know canada and everywhere in europe actually as well uh, to talk about mental health to talk about you know anxiety in general depression as you said and everything else it's yeah. just something normal to talk about and unfortunately it's still not the case but i think you're right it will change one day it yeah. will definitely change we just have to keep working and yeah pushing ourselves definitely pushing ourselves um but it's definitely worth it it, it will change not like i said nothing's impossible but it just takes hard work and obviously in everything in life you know the western countries are always going to be one step ahead it's just the way that it is but we have to take it upon ourselves to be the change that we see here and implement that into our communities. And that's why it means so much to me and why I really work hard to tap into those communities because there's a lot of work that needs to be done and there's not enough representation from other people yes. within those communities as well. So someone has to start it. Like you can't just sit around and wait. Yes, we have to act and uh, Yara said, it might be normalized in Europe and Western countries, but I feel I still feel people don't receive enough support. Mm -hmm. That's that's very true. Yeah, I talk about that all the time. <laughs> yes. It's very true. I mean, um, the good thing about like this country, for example, is that slowly, slowly people are speaking more about it. And the downside is is that more is that despite the fact that more people are speaking about it, there's still not enough resources professionally and medically um to actually support people in the right way like that's why i like my with my story when i tried to take my own life my recovery was purely done by myself because the care that i was receiving from the health services was wasn't doing anything for me it wasn't making me any better it was making me worse and i had to just do everything by myself because they weren't giving me what i needed they weren't giving me yeah. what i was entitled to but if 
the health services were different if they were educated a lot better if there were like better resources out there then maybe it could have been a whole different story maybe i would have been okay to have professional medical help and and that would have been fine but at the same time there's so many people that are in the healthcare system that aren't getting what they need and in, as a result of that they're just going around in this vicious cycle and they're not getting any better so there's a lot of change that needs to be done there it will change and if you don't mind me asking and obviously i hope it will help uh, the people that are watching us uh, how can you engage a conversation with someone from another generation so probably parents or grandparents that don't agree with us and think that mental health is crazy so how do you you know, kind of talk about it and how can you start this subject? Um, so, do you have any on that? I'll tell you how I did it with my grandmother, right? Because, yes. like, like I said, I come from a generally modern family. So when, like, my issues came to the surface and when my family became aware of what I was going through, they were, you know, very open. Even though they didn't have the education, they were very open to, like, understanding. My grandmother, obviously, is from an older generation so yes. when I started doing the work that I do obviously she found that very uncomfortable you know I was going yes. on the news and her surname was being displayed on the tv and it wasn't yes. something that she was comfortable with and um, and she wasn't you know it wasn't a proud moment for her <laughs> it was a disappointing <laughs> moment and what I had to do was I made sure that anytime I spoke to her about my work it was just me and her so obviously, like, I've got a really close relationship with my grandparents. So I see them often. And I would go to see her and I would sit down with her. And I would just explain to her the reason why I'm doing it. You know, I didn't get, and if she didn't understand, I didn't get annoyed about it. I didn't get agitated about it. I thought, okay, do you know what? She's acting like this. So she's saying the things that she's saying because it's all that she knows. She comes from a whole different generation to me. She's had a whole different upbringing. Course, yes. It's not her fault. It's just all that she knows. So I would be really consistent with it. And anytime I did something new, whereas my work was concerned, or if I had like a, a public interview, or if I uploaded a new blog post or something like that, I would always go and see her on her own. And I would always show her what I was doing. And I'd always explain okay. to her why I was doing it. And like when I, um, if I had like, when I released my website, I showed her exactly what I was doing. When I was about to launch my ebook, the night before I launched my ebook, I went to see her and I sat down with her and I showed her my ebook and I read it to her, you know, and she was really like proud of it. So it's like, it went from, it wasn't an easy like process. Now she's like, you know, and she, she gets really happy when I do when I do work, or when I release something new, because, and every time I do it, I always tell her. So even if I can't see her, I'll message her on WhatsApp or something. And I'll say, I just did this, or I'm just about to do this. And I'm like really happy about it. And I'm really excited about it because this is what it's gonna do. I explain everything to her yes. so she understands. And now obviously she's seen how happy my work makes me. And she's seeing how good it's doing, like the good that it's doing for other people. Like I'd send her some of the feedback that I got for my ebook and things like that. When she sees how my work is impacting other people, it makes her feel happier. So she's gone from being disappointed to now actually being proud of the work that I'm doing, you know? And that would have never happened if I'd given up on the first day and just allowed her disappointment to just sit there, you know? I said, no, I'm, I'm going to try and I'm going to make an effort to, to help her to understand because at the end of the day she's my grandmother she loves me she wants the best for me so she's of not going to be disappointed if she sees that I'm doing something that I love she just needs to understand it so I'd have to have patience and I had to have understanding and just be consistent in explaining it to her and that's it 
you know like our families aren't bad people they just have a different <laughs> viewpoint to us and it's our job to help them and to support them in understanding and opening their minds and it happens change happens it's not impossible we just yeah. have to work harder like that's it and talk to them and explain them because as you said if you don't explain them they won't really understand the point of the conversation yeah. um so yes for everyone who's watching this is how to talk to your parents and your parents <laughs> about this really really important subject um and uh so we're just going to move in another section of the mm -hmm. conversation now uh which is about identity and self uh so have you ever experienced difficulty finding yourself uh, when you were young or recently it can be at any time um of your life yeah i had a major identity crisis like growing up obviously this then relates back to culture so um i obviously like i said i come from a pakistani background i grew up around like hardly any asian people i always i grew up around black people about around white people and other cultures but never my own so i knew about everybody else's culture um but i didn't really know that much about my own so funny story i literally thought i was full english until i was like 11 years old i went listen, i was 11 years old and i um started high school and my best friend in high school i met in year seven um when we were 11 years old she was bengali and she asked me where i was from and i said england and she was like no no, no but, but where are you from and i was like yeah. I'm from England like I was so confused at what she was talking about yeah she's like no Halima like where where are you from where's your family from and I was like they're from England like and she's like well, what language do you speak at home and I was like English like I didn't understand what she was talking about and I was genuinely really confused and she was like do your family speak any other languages and I was like yeah I was like they speak Urdu sometimes they speak Punjabi and she was like you're Pakistani and I was like no I'm not I'm English <laughs> she was like go home and ask your mum And I went home to my mom and I was like, mom, are we Pakistani? And she was like, yeah, why would you even ask me that question? Like, she assumed that I should know this. And I realized at the age of 11 that actually, like, I'm not English. Like, I'm, I'm British, but I'm not English. And it was like yeah. the craziest thing. Um, and my, like, my dad, he, he's originally from Pakistan. Um, so any experiences that I had with my culture once I started to, like, once I became aware of it were negative because... Um, you know um my parents like they divorced and um when i was quite young and like any experiences that i had with my dad weren't great so anytime i used to think about my culture i used to associate it with my father and that used to make me not like it and not appreciate okay. it any yes. trips we had to pakistan were never great ones so i just had this whole identity crisis where i was just in denial about my culture and I just rejected it and I just wanted to I wanted to be have everybody else's culture and I didn't want to have my own you know like my my white friends my black friends my Asian friends from other countries like I would just take everything from them I would always emphasize the fact that my grandmother is from Kenya because I wanted to accept that but I didn't want to accept the Pakistani side the Pakistani one, yes, yeah, yes. because of the association so I had this big identity crisis and it was only until I started my recovery in like the, the past couple of years that I thought, you know what, I need to change the way that I perceive it because I've got so many like um, Pakistani friends and like, you know, I've got like my family, like my brother and stuff. And they always like say to me, like, there's such a good side to the culture as well. Yes. Like, you all, like they were like, Halima, you just see the, the bad side of it. Um, and my mum and one of my brothers went to Pakistan um, for like my cousin's wedding and they sent me videos and pictures of everything. And I thought, you know what, like it actually doesn't look that bad. And yes. 
that just made me want to learn more. So the past couple of years, I've been getting more in touch with my culture and more in touch with these things. And I've been embracing it more instead of resisting it. And it's actually uh, quite healing because my roots do come from there, you know, despite of what I may have believed in of the past. Course. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm, I was born in England. I was brought up in England, in, like in England. I have loads of, um, I've, I've got a big part of the English culture within me, but my roots, like my family come from Pakistan. I can't resist that. I should learn to embrace it. So in that time, I obviously managed to, to embrace loads of different aspects of my culture and stuff. And yeah. Okay, yeah, there's still things I don't agree with, but there's so much that I do agree with that I just didn't even realize because I was so resistant to it before. So it's definitely, yeah, I definitely had a big identity crisis as a kid. But thankfully, as the time has gone on, I've managed to embrace a lot more. Um, and like I said, I feel a lot more at peace now. So I think it's very important to embrace um, your culture and your roots and your background and where you come from. Um, if you don't mind me asking, obviously, to continue on this uh, subject, how long, so, because you said it starts at 11, but how long did it take you to actually realize? Realize, what? realize what? Um, sorry, realize that you had to embrace your culture. It wasn't only until like two years ago. Okay, so, so it's I'm 26 all now. Your yeah, I'm 26 yeah. now. So there's it's a big gap. And like most of my life, I resisted like my culture. So it's only been in the past two years that I've actually like, since I actually started my mental health recovery and started getting to know myself more. That's when I said, okay, if I really want to get to know myself, I need to get to know every part of me. And part of me is my Pakistani culture. So I need to learn to understand that. I need to learn about that too. So that's when I just became a lot more open to understanding where my family come from and everything to do with my culture because I needed to learn more about it in order to understand myself better, you know? Of course, yes. And do you think you are still learning until this time? Yeah, there's, even though I've learned a lot, you know, and I'm in touch yes. with there's still so much more that I need to see. I mean, I haven't even been to Pakistan since I was like 11 years old. So that's a trip that I'm planning with my family, you know, I'd like to go there and to see everything there. Um, because there is, there's, there's so much more that I there's need to do. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm really interested about Pakistan and how, because my friend told me there are different uh, traditional outfits in different regions yeah. and different traditions. I, I love it. I find it so interesting. Uh, <laughs> I would love to go, to be honest. Uh, yeah, definitely make the trip you know it's definitely yes. it. i'm i'm looking forward to to going finally um it's definitely something and obviously from because you're from a different culture it's even i feel like it's even more important because it'll yes. enable you to then understand another culture at the same time and yes it opens your eyes as well because obviously yeah. i have a lot of friends that are in your situation as well so their families are from pakistan but they have you know grew up in england basically mm -hmm. um and it's kind of similar to you actually they haven't really been to Pakistan so, you know only a few yeah. times in their um but they talk to me about it quite often I would like to say but they can talk about it only a certain extent um because obviously as you said they it, it took their it took them some time as well I guess to you know learn about it uh, because they're far and because well they're in England so it's a completely yeah. different culture um but I think it's quite common well yeah, I would say that I know a lot of people in this situation, which I don't know, I don't know if there's no good or bad, but it's hard when you're young. I guess, well, now I guess you feel better about it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I guess when, when you're young, it's really hard. Um, it's difficult, especially like in a, in a Western country, 
like yes. when you're so like when you grow up around like a western culture it's hard to to keep in touch with your roots you know i feel like it's important like for parents to always like educate their kids and teach their kids because even like my own mum like even she says that she wishes that she'd like taught me more um because she looks at me now and she's like like you hardly know anything <laughs> she's like, she's yeah. like I, I wish that i taught you like so much more when you were when you were younger so it's like we should learn a lesson from that and make sure that we're educated and that we teach our children about you know our culture but also teach them about other people's culture and teach them to ask questions and teach them to embrace other people's cultures because I know when I do have kids that's something I'm going to emphasize because I have friends from so many different countries like my friendship circle is like so diverse yeah. and I'm like so they're going to know about that's why it's good cultures yeah, yeah. they're going I want them to know about different cultures I want them to be open-minded and understanding and compassionate um because it's it's good like there's no it's it's so important so yeah it's something that needs to be pushed but people definitely do need to educate their kids more on your own culture as well because it's it's not good to to lose touch of of who you are and where your family come from yes i think it's a major issue in some western countries that people that have different backgrounds um want sometimes to kind of ignore their mm -hmm. this background you know they want to say okay no I was born in France, so I'm French, but I, I should ignore my background. And it's really common that people from North Africa go to France. They were born there. They grew up there, too. And sometimes they, they're shy to say it. And as we said earlier, there is no main reason to that. They just say, oh, I don't want people to associate me to that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And there is no main reason, but I find it really bad. I feel like subconsciously, maybe it just comes from the fact that people think that other people like have these stigmas on their cultures. And that's why, obviously, if people were a lot more open-minded um, and a lot more compassionate and loving to each other, then these stigmas wouldn't be there and people wouldn't be worried about saying, yeah, I'm actually from this country because they wouldn't be scared of any repercussions or anything. So that's what I'm saying. It literally is about just it's literally just about education it's about awareness and we're blessed to have things like social media now because we can reach God, yes. more people compared to like 30 years ago so we can really make a, a big difference compared to what people could have done like many many years ago so i feel like it's our responsibility now to start this change and start making these shifts um, and start making this difference because it's a big world out there so yes, there's a lot of things to be done exactly we are having this conversation now so i think it's quite doable nowadays you know it's not yeah. like before um and i'm sure that it's gonna it's gonna change it's gonna take time but i'm sure it's going to change because you know the new generation is really aware about not just other cultures but a lot of other things i'd like to say mm -hmm. uh anything sex education uh you know mental health as well all these subjects are starting to be so normal yeah. to talk about. But it's still so, so really taboo. Sorry, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Taboo, yeah. But in England, for example, when I arrived, I was so impressed about how it was normal to talk about mental health. Mm. I just thought, oh my God, like for so many years, I thought it was really, you know, personal to talk about it. But it's so normalized in England that I feel always comfortable when I feel low or, you know, when I just feel sad or something. I feel like, people are not shy to ask you about it so i think it's really really good yeah really definitely good. definitely it is um so 
one last question about identity and self, and then we're mm -hmm. going to move on to uh, another part. Okay. Um, so, do you think your culture and your heritage, heritage sorry, uh, has informed your identity? And if yes, can you explain how? Um, I don't think that the two have had much influence on me, to be honest. Okay. I mean, my my identity is something mm -hmm. that I feel like I've created by myself. Like, it's like what I was talking about earlier when yeah. I was growing up, you know, I took things from loads of different cultures and I have my own beliefs. And especially like with the self-work that I've done, like in the past couple of years, I've done a lot of re like rewiring. So a lot of beliefs that I may have had like in the past, I've like changed the way that I think like drastically. So I don't feel like culture or heritage have really had a big like a big um have implemented maybe like any sort of like how my identity is basically yes. um obviously there's parts of me that embrace my culture and other cultures uh, but like i said there's parts of me that haven't like that just have no interest either so my identity comes from me it comes from the work that i've done i've created my own identity which is just centered around what aligns for me what I resonate with, what makes me feel good. It's not really centered around a certain culture or a certain heritage. Um, it's just how I feel. Okay. Um, thank you for the answer. Um, I just wanted to ask you a few questions about uh, diaspora and third culture before we finish okay. the live. Um, so how would you define diaspora? And do you think it has ever affected you? Or do you think it will affect you in the future maybe? When you say diaspora, are we talking about like um, people coming from other countries? Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes. So I don't have an issue with that whatsoever. Like to me, I feel like everyone should be allowed to live in any country that they want, as long as you're not harming yourself or you're harming the other people that live in that country. That's it. You know, there should never, ever, ever be a case where someone should not be allowed to move somewhere if they feel like, um, yeah. it's a better situation for them you know you've got so many things that are happening in the world today with refugees and things like that and yeah. people, if people feel like they need to move into a different culture and um, a different country sorry and um, to to feel safe then why the hell not you know the, there's, there's we're not that overpopulated like people if people need to feel like they need to come into this country in order to be happy then let them come into this country and let them be happy and let them be safe and let them be healthy as long as you're not harming anyone, there's no, this, this shouldn't be a, anything wrong with it. I personally have no issue with it. I will always be an advocate of it. And I don't think it will ever affect me negatively, like ever. Like, Yes, not, not in a bad way anyway, yeah. more in a good way, you know? Yeah, I, I love the fact that, you know, people can come in and different cultures can mix and we can, as a country, it's, it's, we should feel grateful and happy and proud that we have live in a country where we can actually and provide people with safety it should be something yes. that we celebrate not something that we use as a way of turning people like uh, turning us into prideful arrogant um people and you know like shunning people out like we have something that we can yeah. use to support people so just do it i think it's really important to you know emphasize the fact that thanks to jaspera we learn about cultures we learn about other people yeah. we learn how we can help other people as well and I know that not everyone thinks like us. Um, I know that some people say, oh, no, like we should all stay in our countries and things like that. But no, it's 2020. And obviously, it's so normal now to mix and to go yeah. abroad and to live abroad. 
um, I think I have been affected by diaspora because obviously I live in England now. Um, yeah. And I'm so grateful for it, you know. I think, well, I hope that some t- someday it's going to change because I know that a lot of people who are my age or your age as well still have this old mentality and, you know, associate diaspora to issues or associate diaspora to, I don't know, aggressive people, but yeah, it has nothing yeah. to do with that. It's, yeah, I think a lot of people, they look yeah. at things like terrorism and stuff like that and then they just grab onto that one thing and then they use that to like influence all their beliefs and all their decisions. And well, not everyone that's going to come into your country is has that intention in mind. Then there's plenty of times where people from England have gone and moved to different countries. You don't see them making a big deal out of it. Like they're not getting annoyed with all these English people coming into our country. Like no, they don't care. So why should we then care when they're moving into our country? Like if you can do it, then so can they. Exactly. It's not like they're harming anyone. They're just you know, yeah. having a better life, for example, in England. And as you said, maybe they're healthier, maybe they're happier as well. I don't think it should be an issue, but this is a really taboo subject, uh, especially yeah. when I talk about it with uh, white British people. They always get really, um, how can, not often, but they're really shy about it, to talk about it. But I'm yeah. always trying to push the subject, you know. I'm like, no, we have to talk about it. It's normal to talk about it. And they're just really shy about it. And they say, oh, I don't know. I have no opinion on that, actually. Yes, yes a lot of people are opinion. afraid to speak their opinions because they're scared of the repercussions. Yes. Like, there's so many, like, white English people that I know that have that same belief that I do. And they're, and they, like, want, they, they're accepting of it. And they think it's good that people should be accepted into this country and things like that. But then, obviously, they're afraid that people from, like, like them who have different beliefs will perceive them to be in a certain way. And people are just a bit too afraid of the opinions of other people. And that's also another big problem is that people are too scared and worried about what other people think, that they're not being true to who they are. So that's another stigma that needs to be broken. (laughs) Yes, it has to be broken. Um, We might make a post on that. And if we do, I'll definitely send it to you. Yes. Uh, (laughs) um, So I just wanted to talk with you about um, third culture. Mm-hmm. This is the last section of the uh, conversation. Do you have any examples of any third culture that you feel that you have? And um, can you also talk about how your British culture has merged? So I don't feel like cultures have like merged together because the best thing about cultures is the fact that they're so different. So I feel like they can integrate and that we can be accepting of each other's beliefs and each other's traditions. But I don't feel like anything really integrates, to be honest. Like, the English part of me and then the Pakistani part of me are, like, so different. But I embrace both of those parts, you know? I embrace both of those parts. Like I said, I've got friends from so many countries, you know? I've got English friends, Pakistani, Bengali, Bulgarian, African, Algerian, Indian, Turkish, Arab, German. Like, I've got so so many countries. And we're so different in so many ways because of our backgrounds right but we all get along so well and we all have great relationships because despite our differences we love and we accept each other for who we are and we respect each other's differences as well like I've got so many different opinions to like my friends from other countries we think differently sometimes we dress differently sometimes we have different opinions about things but regardless of that we respect each other and we embrace it and you know I've got friends from other countries who really like um like my like things from my culture 
Um, and there's certain things that I like from everybody else's culture as well. So like for, for me, I feel like just accepting people for their differences, that's the most important thing. And that is, um, and yeah, like, I don't think we can merge cultures, but we can definitely accept them and live in harmony amongst them. Yes. And it's, it's weird how, I don't know, maybe I'm just, you know, overthinking it. Um, but obviously now I've lived in England for four years and I feel like I kind of have a British culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really weird because obviously I didn't grow up there, but at the same time, for example, you felt that you were closer to your Pakistani culture just a few years ago. Yeah. And it's the same for me. I'm starting, you know, to learn more about the British culture and I don't know why and the how, but I feel like it's kind of getting into my personality sometimes on some yeah. aspects, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I would say that it's really, really complicated, um, you know, to play around all these cultures and sometimes exp- you have to justify yourself sometimes. Uh, maybe it happened to you as well. But for me, well, since, since I'm in England, a lot of people have told me, oh, you don't look Moroccan or you don't look Muslim. Even someone told me that. Or yeah. another a girl I've from, had that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Or I have a friend who was from Nigeria and as a joke, she told me, oh, you don't look African. Yeah. But I don't know why it offended me. I was so sad afterwards. I told her like, what did you mean? Like, I don't know, it hurts me so much. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think sometimes it's hard because there is this and also sometimes I, I pass as white. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it's bad. I guess it's obviously it's no one's fault. It's not my fault, but it's not other people's fault either. Yeah. But I would say that sometimes I'm just thinking about it and I'm, I'm wondering like, oh my God, this is so bad. Like, did I ever take advantage of that, you know, and things like that? Because I know, because obviously I'm Arab, so... Arabs are Caucasian, but I know that I'm not white. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if, do you think that sometimes we try, well, not on purpose, but do you think sometimes we try to choose something because we have the choice? Like, for example, I know that I have the choice to be Arab or to be, you know, white. Right, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like because it's something that's like different cultures are something that new is new. And obviously, like, where we are as a generation, it's probably, like, the first time in history where people have been able to interact with people from different cultures very freely. So it's new and it's exciting. People want to learn about other people's cultures. And obviously, sometimes that makes people, you know, like, neglect their own because they're so busy trying to learn about everybody else's. I don't think it's a bad thing either way, you know? Like I said, some people resonate with other cultures more than they do with their own. And that's okay. If that makes you feel better, if you're happier over there, like following that culture or like taking traditions from that culture, then that's okay. Like, it just do what makes you happy. Like, like I said, there's certain parts of other cultures that I've like seen that I've resonated with more and I've, you know, implemented certain things from those cultures into my life or some of my friends from other countries have told me about traditions that they do in their families and, I thought, oh my god, that's great! I wish my family did that and things like that. And it's okay, like it's, it's not a big deal. It's okay, yes, yes, yeah. that's true. We shouldn't follow. Also, so pointed yeah. out that um, Africa isn't a country. I know it's not a country. I'm what I meant it's by a... that is that I have friends from different countries within Africa, but you know. Yes, <laughs> and that's why afterwards you said Algeria. Yes, I. Yeah. I am a witness of that. <laughs> uh, and then Yara said something really interesting. Uh, 
it's hard because being white passing yes has privileges but you feel so sad when your own people say to you that you don't look like you belong not arab enough for arabs and not white enough for english people yes that's yeah that's a very toxic thing because when like you like when obviously what Yara said is that sometimes she gets told that she doesn't look Muslim like it's because people have this whole like generic um view of what they think a Muslim is supposed to look like and I've had this like I was literally um somebody that I used to work with I worked with them for like maybe around five or six months and uh they didn't even realize I was Muslim until it was Ramadan and I was fasting and they were like oh my god you're a Muslim and I was like yeah like yeah and they were so shocked by it and they're like oh my god like I didn't know and even though like you know I wasn't doing any like I was just being me and I was living my life and I was working as normal but I just they just didn't assume like they just assumed that I wasn't Muslim and like because people probably have this perception that a Muslim is supposed to look a certain way and they're supposed to behave like maybe I don't know people think that Muslims are supposed to be like really reserved and I'm a really outgoing person like I talk to everyone I'm like bubbly and I laugh around and stuff like that so because of things like that people just assumed that I wasn't a Muslim which okay yeah it's not a good thing but obviously again it's just down to their big general awareness you know and again it comes down to just educating like everything comes down to educating people and bringing things to people's awareness like we can't expect people's beliefs to change or their opinions to change or the way they talk to change unless we just educate so i didn't get annoyed by that i get people all the time that tell me that i don't look pakistani that that they couldn't i don't look like like a muslim like like things like that um and i'm okay with it i'm like okay fair enough like that's what you think like because you have your own perception like i don't have a problem with it I accept it, the fact that they think that, and then I just do my best to educate them and go, like, well, what do you think a Muslim is supposed to look like? And then we have, like, a conversation about it, and then they understand, and they open their mind, and then you leave them in, like, better than who they were when you saw them in the first place. Exactly, and I I love what you just said, because you explain it to them, but not in a rude way or anything, like, oh, you don't Mm -hmm. know anything. No, you're trying to be calm, which is well you are calm sorry apologize for <laughs> you are calm and you are you know um being open-minded about them not being open-minded and i think it's the best way to be you have uh, to you have to you can't get literally. angry with people for just thinking differently to you because we're not all the same people and what a boring world it would be if we were all yeah, the same. like so you know if we were all the same the world wouldn't be like i dread to think what the world would be like like our differences are what makes us great um, and, you know, if somebody does have, like, a difference in opinion or, you know, they're not as conscious as you are about a certain topic, just educate them. Once upon a time, you didn't know the stuff that you know now, you know? Like, once upon a time, the stuff that I know now, I didn't know. And there were people that knew better than me. But if people turned around and started, you know, belittling me because I didn't know as much as they did, like, that wouldn't have helped me to grow. It's because I was educated. It's because I lived life and I saw more things. Yeah. You know, that's why I grew as a person and that's why I became smarter and more open-minded and non-judgmental, you know, and more conscious of things because I was learned, I was taught. And that's yes, the reason why it's around me are because I, instead of getting annoyed and getting angry, I educate and I talk and I don't get I, agitated when somebody, you know, thinks differently than I do. Of course, and we're all different. And yes, I agree with you. That's That's why you know, this world is beautiful because we're all different and this diversity makes, well, first, the world amazing, but also we are so lucky to live in England and London is the most 
diverse, you know, followed by New York and uh, yeah. Hong Kong probably. But London is the most diverse city, and I always say, "Thank God I live in London." I'm so, <laughs> like lucky about that. Um, yeah. I lived for three years in Nottingham, and it was really different. I can confirm that to you. <laughs> One of the things so. that I really appreciate about London is the diversity because I didn't grow up in London. So when I when I like when I moved to London, and um, yes. that was one of the biggest things that impacted my life was the diversity that was there. And there were so many cultures and um, I had been exposed to that I wasn't exposed to growing up. So again, like it opened my mind and some of the stereotypes that I had about other cultures, like those were removed because I was meeting people from those cultures that weren't anything like I perceived. So because I embraced that, it grew me as a person and I became more open-minded because of my experience of my yes. education that I was receiving just by spending time with those people so yeah it's um we should be grateful that we live somewhere where like we are exposed to such diversity because there are so many people in countries around the world that literally only are around their own culture and it makes them more closed-minded so it's definitely something that we should be grateful for and appreciate and utilize as well yes we should you know make the most of it yes like we have it in front of us, but then what do you do with it? You have to, you know, act upon it. Like yeah. you are doing, like Roots Journal is doing, yes. That's that's how you can make the most of it, basically. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that's why stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, you learn every day. And I'm so happy to have this live with you because we talked about, you know, very taboo subjects. Yeah. Maybe in both of our cultures, but it's so free to talk about it over social media. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm glad thank that you feel so that much. way. I appreciate thank you, you so much. Someone here as well. Like, thank you. Honestly, thank you for everyone who watched the live as well and who, you know, talked on the on the chat. Yeah, thank, thank you, you guys for all your comments. <laughs> I just like, I I totally don't even look at them properly because I'm like, when I'm in my zone and I'm talking, I'm like, if I read some <laughs> comment, it's gonna throw me off. So I literally just like ignore <laughs> it and just keep talking. So thank you to everybody that tuned in. Like, um, I we really appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much, honestly. And thank you again, Halima. Honestly, thank you so much for saying yes for this live. And I really hope that we will meet sometime, yeah, maybe. Definitely. In London, hopefully. <laughs> Inshallah, maybe. Inshallah, yes. definitely. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Yes, thank you we so can much. arrange that. <laughs> oh, no, we will meet. Well, when Corona is, you know, getting better, <laughs> we will meet. Bit, yeah. <laughs> yes, hopefully. But thank you so much. Thank no problem. So thank you as well. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Take, Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.